I'm at the point now where I think that I'm not able to stay open any longer. It's been diabolical. The risk that the virus posed to us doesn't justify the measures taken to prevent it. It's insanity in my view. It's been quite soul-destroying. We weren't allowed to work at all. Not earning income at all. I'm a single mom. It's been quite depressing actually. Since the 27th of March, when South Africa first went into lockdown, hairdressers and beauticians have not been able to work. Government regards the industry as high risk in terms of the transmission of COVID-19, only allowing it to eventually reopen in Level 1. Despite an online petition and a recent court case, the industry remains firmly locked down. However, hairdressers and beauticians are not giving up their fight for financial survival, and there will be further court action soon. But can the industry survive in its previous form, and once again be able to provide what many South Africans feel is an essential service? I'm Catherine Rice, and this is episode 10 of the COVID-19 Chronicles. It's fair enough that we've got the lockdown, and we've all said, okay, yes, three weeks, we can manage three weeks, and then it became five weeks, and then the salons were told that it's only level one, which we don't have any idea what that is. But as a business owner, you still have running costs. So I've incurred all this debt, and I'm getting to a point now where I don't know when we're going to open, and I'm actually seriously thinking of closing the business. Shanice Warrington started her thriving Cape Town salon, Spoiled Hair and Nails, 15 years ago. She employs 11 people. So the people that I've employed, I'm going to have to retrench them um, and maybe try and find them some other placements in other salons when it does open up. Um, and for myself, financially, I, I mean, I've incurred this debt now, so somehow I'm going to have to pay it off in, in I'm not sure what capacity. She says despite government promises to provide financial help, she hasn't received a cent. We haven't received anything in all this time. I've received no help financially with my business. UIF paid my staff the tears eventually, but they've only done one payment and we've been home for over two months. So I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed with the government. I'm disappointed with uh, the empty promises. Libby Roos, an aesthetic therapist specialising in laser treatment and facials, is in the same boat. For me personally, I'm really frustrated because I'm not normal beautician. I don't do the massage in type facials. It's proper medical. I hardly actually touch your face. I basically hover lasers above your face. And I've always worked with a mask on. I've always worked with glasses on or laser goggles on. I've always practiced high levels of hygiene. That's why a lot of my clients actually come to me. It's been really frustrating because I feel that we are so much more hygienic than very other various other practices are allowed to be open. She feels lucky that her landlord at least threw her a lifeline. My landlord has been absolutely amazing. If it wasn't for him being so amazing with my reintroduction, I would have had to move out and probably sell everything and move in with my parents. Don't know what else I would have done. But him being so amazing with my reintroduction... The fact that I did have a bit of money saved and the fact that I cut out a lot of other extras and cooking all our own meals and really living frugally, we kind of have been okay so far, but if this carry on, this carries on for another three months even, I won't be okay, then there's no money left. Advocate Carlo Fulyun's urgent court bid to allow hairdressers and beauticians to go back to work was dismissed last month. 
but he's not giving up the fight and has launched another application on their behalf, which is due to be heard in the Western Cape High Court later this month. It's not just the headcases, different. It's the entire personal care sector. There's about a million people involved. It's a, a tax revenue for the entire country of South Africa that's being lost to the amount of 250 billion rand um, that's being lost to the state, which they can actually use, you know, to provide us proper medical facilities uh, if the virus is as bad as they say it is. Already some in the industry have been operating illegally simply to put food on the table. The regulation is an infringement of our constitutional right to freedom of movement, freedom of trade, freedom, uh, right to life, etc. And, uh, and that no government action or law or regulation can limit those rights um, arbitrarily. So we're asking that the court um, holds any regulations until the state has actually made an application and has been given the way to limit our uh, constitutional and fundamental rights. He's convinced that the industry's professionals are completely capable of implementing the appropriate hygiene protocols if granted the right to work legally. It's impacting on everyone because if you look at the psychological impact on men and women, if they're not being taken care of in their personal capacity, if they don't have a decent haircut, if they don't have skincare products or if they don't get seen to in that way, impacts on the emotional and psychological well-being as well. And that counts for every single citizen in South Africa. Imagine what we're going to look like and feel like in another three weeks' time if we're not having our haircut. But it's more than just having a bad hair day for most South Africans. The implications are not just bad haircuts, broken nails and hair with grey roots. It's the salons themselves and those who work in this industry who are most affected, as thousands may be without a livelihood when this is all over, with no way of putting food on their families' tables. This podcast was produced by Catherine Rice for News24.